It was another solid quarter for Nintendo, unless you judge it against the same time period as last year when everyone was staying home, following orders, and Animal Crossing New Horizons was all the hype. This week, on the Video Games Podcast, we talk about Nintendo's fiscal year 2022, quarter two. Net sales were down 18.9% to 624.2 billion yen, and net profit was also down 19.4% to 171.8 billion yen when compared to Q2 of fiscal year 21. Digital sales also cooled down a little bit to 45%, down from 47% of the company's total software sales for the quarter, which is down from 171.5 billion yen to 144.2. Nintendo did note the decrease in digital sales came mostly from versions of games that were available as retail versions as well. This means that people are just going out more again. Sales of download-only titles did increase as well as Nintendo Switch Online sales, which would have to be attributed to just the extra 8.28 million customers in the Switch ecosystem now because the service is quite stagnant when this quarter ended, which was before the expansion pack for N64 and Sega Genesis became available. Even though most categories were down, it doesn't appear to be much cause for concern because there were many factors that contributed to the success of Nintendo in 2020, and matching that was almost always going to be an unreachable goal. One area, though, that actually seems like a minor problem to me is that first-party software sales accounted for only 70% of total software sold, when that number has always been much closer to 80%. In quarter two fiscal year 21 last year, first-party sales accounted for 81% of total software sold. I think this is an area to watch closely because Nintendo gets on by underpowered hardware and constant ports of older titles because of their first-party lineup and its high quality. And if that number begins to shrink consistently, then cause for concern would be just. When looking at the micro level of the report and zooming in on software, there were a few items of note. The only new, and I use that term very loosely, release for Nintendo that made waves in the second quarter was The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD, which would go on to sell 3.6 million, which doesn't seem that fantastic, as the majority of game sales come within the first few weeks of the release, or at least the first month. The figures for Skyward Sword are for about two and a half months, and likely won't get drastically higher, which could be a sign of a few things. It could be a sign that Skyward Sword just isn't as loved as many of the other titles in the Zelda franchise, or people could finally be getting tired of these lazy ports that cost full price. In comparison, Link's Awakening sold 3.13 million during the quarter that it was released, but there is a big difference. Link's Awakening sales figures only consider around three weeks before the reporting period ended back in 2019. Now, you could make the argument that Link's Awakening sold as well as it did because the game was older and many people hadn't experienced that lucid dream of a game, or maybe because this was a game that was fully remade from the ground up using only the foundation of the game as a reference, and you could see the care and love that went into it. As for the company's fiscal report from last quarter, Link's Awakening has now sold 5.49 million copies to date. 
The other recent comparable would be the port of Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Super Mario 3D All-Stars sold 5.21 in a similar time frame to Link's Awakening, and in just under two weeks, the Mario compilation that many felt was lacking in quality and quantity sold 5.21 million copies. And as of March 31st, 3D All-Stars was able to sell 9.01 million copies and will no longer be available to be purchased after March 31st, 2021. My reasoning for comparing these two recent ports is that they both sold staggeringly well in the first two weeks or so when the majority of sales rush in. Skyward Sword was available to purchase for almost a full quarter and was arguably the only major release for Nintendo during Q2. And looking at many lists from online popular outlets, many rank Skyward Sword in the upper half of the Zelda entries. Which leads me to think that fans might be finally speaking with their wallets and don't want these lazy ports anymore. As for the sales of other noteworthy titles, it would seem that Mario Golf Super Rush is a big disappointment. Released just before the start of the second quarter, Mario Golf has now gone on to sell 1.94 million copies to date. And to give a little perspective on how well or unwell this title sold in a very similar amount of time available for purchase... Metopia sold 1.37 million units, so pretty close to Mario Golf. For me personally, Mario Golf Super Rush wasn't the game that I wanted. I wanted something closer to Toadstool Tour or Hot Shots Golf, but with a little Nintendo flair. Instead, they tried to incorporate too many new modes, including Speed Golf and Battle Golf, which were praised by the critics, but those modes lacked the longevity that are needed. These modes are played a few times with friends and then likely forgotten about. A high skill ceiling career mode similar to other golf games provides the challenge of returning time and again. It also didn't help that the amount of content at launch was quite bare. The silver lining here though is that Camelot has continued to support Mario Golf with meaningful updates since launch that include new courses and new modes, but none of that I don't think will be able to grab mainstream attention like the chance that it had at launch. It's not a big leap to say that we won't be seeing another Mario Golf title for a very long time. I think even if this game sold well, there was still a chance that we wouldn't see a new entry for at least a decade. In terms of software sales for the quarter, they did have a strong showing with 93.89 million games sold, which is only down 6% when compared to the same quarter of 2020, and this is impressive due to the Animal Crossing release last year and the nearly no massive first-party titles during the first half of this year. Hardware sales were down 34% compared to the same time frame in 2020, but that is very expected as Animal Crossing New Horizons had just launched before Q2 of last year, and it's clear now that that game was a system seller with almost 35 million copies of the game sold to date, and it was also just the beginning of the ongoing pandemic and everyone was reigniting their love for video games. Total Nintendo Switch units sold for the second quarter were 8.28 million, which is down from 12.53 million for 2020, but up from 6.93 million the year before that in 2019. And if you view 2020 as an aberration for sales data, then the good news is that hardware sales are still looking good. I think the bigger problem is apparent when looking at hardware sales is not the total because as mentioned, it's still higher than the pre-pandemic levels and the massive shortage on parts, but the issue looks to be the strong slowdown for Switch Lite sales. 
Switch Lite sales for Q2 were only 1.82 when compared to 4.17 in the previous second quarter. And not only were Lite sales down 43% from last year, they only accounted for a little over 20% of total Switch units sold during this quarter. Total Switch units sold to date is now 92.87 million units, bringing the Nintendo Switch up to the company's fourth best-selling console of all time behind the Wii, the Game Boy, and the DS, and it should easily surpass the Wii by the end of this fiscal year based on their projections. Quarter 2 does typically cover the slowest time of the year for many gaming companies as it runs from July 1st to September 30th, and with this slower period, Nintendo has adjusted their projections for the remainder of the fiscal year. Hardware sales have been reduced from 25.5 million units down to 24 million units, and increased software from 190 million units to 200 million units. Many analysts view their reduced hardware forecast as a negative, which it's not great, but they're also increasing the software by 10 million. And if you do some rough math in your head, then this still works out to a much greater amount of money coming into the company, even though they didn't adjust revenue that much. Net profit was adjusted from 500 billion yen to 520 billion yen. I assume this is because of the massive amount of extra costs that it takes right now to purchase chips and deal with extra logistical issues. Back to their projections of selling more games in the previous fiscal year and almost selling as much hardware, means that they are very happy with the early performance of their new hardware iteration, the Nintendo Switch OLED. When it comes to the 10 million unit increase in software sales and net profit being up 10 billion yen, that is based on the strength and variety of their upcoming first-party software list between now and March 31st, 2022. You already have WarioWare, Metroid Dread, and Mario Party Superstars that have been released, and early indications and reviews are all great across the board. Early reports for Metroid are very positive and encouraging that Metroid Dread should go on to become the best-selling game in the series of all time and finally prove to Nintendo that people want more Metroid despite its underperforming sales in the history. Looking at the releases over the next few months, it's going to be a lot of Pokemon with Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl releasing first, and then the next all-new installment in the series Pokemon Legends Arceus, considering that Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu have sold almost 14 million, and Sword and Shield sold almost 23 million, I think it would be safe to assume similar sales for the remakes and the new entries, possibly even greater because of the larger player base of the Nintendo Switch in 2021. Despite the chip shortages that Nintendo has seemingly been hit very hard by and the financials that back the dwindling interest in Switch Lite, Nintendo does not have any plans to focus specifically on building just one version of the Switch. We have no plans to focus our supply resources only on the OLED model. The three models each cater to different needs of customers. Now, this could just be a PR response from Furukawa, the president of Nintendo, during an interview with Bloomberg, but I don't think it is. In simple terms of dollars, the Switch OLED costs more money to buy, meaning more money in the pocket of Nintendo, and based on early reports that it uses outdated Samsung OLED displays that the company was able to get at a very reduced rate, and the fact that most of the internal components are the same as the original model, it would seem to make the most sense to focus on manufacturing of the OLED model, and it's also the newest Switch, meaning that it appeals to the most amount of gamers, and they always want the latest and greatest, but it also appeals to existing Switch owners looking to upgrade and potential Switch owners. 
Overall, another quarter with great results for Nintendo when you consider all of the factors involved with logistical issues and the lack of massive first-party releases. If you take Nintendo at their word, and if Switch is only around half of its life cycle, then when the inevitable chip shortage comes to an end and Nintendo is once again able to stay ahead of supply issues, then things should look even better, especially if there are still new iterations of Switch to come in the following years that people are hungry for, like the speculated Switch Pro. That's all for the Video Games Podcast this week. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, consider subscribing if you haven't already. And as always, remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, but more importantly, be nice to your fellow human. 